Hello and welcome. I'm Ian Gillies and welcome to the Hamilton Wealth Management Podcast 19 for October 2018. I am joined by Will Hamilton who will review last quarter's markets and our positioning, John Green who will review fixed interest and provide a short market summary, and Kane Barinar who will discuss currency REITs and equities. Firstly, to you Will, would you provide an overview of market conditions to date and how we're positioned? Sure, look, uh, thank you Ian. The Australian equity market definitely commenced the year as the star performer. However, uh, the September quarter saw the market take a breather. It's consolidating and giving up some of the ground that it made over the previous five months. Markets overall, I think both domestically and Australia and globally, um, they have that feel they're in a watch and see pattern over the next few months. You've got the tariff threats, you've got the US midterm elections due on Melbourne Cup Day, so the first Tuesday in November. These are enough alone, I think, just to have many investors sitting on their hands. So the other thing is complacency, I think, has also started to set in again. Um, so a small pullback and consolidation is a positive, um, especially uh, if, if people are getting a little bit complacent. We see the US earnings starting to show signs of a slowdown late in the first half of 2020, and therefore equity markets to start to anticipate this late in the second half of 2019. However, we do concede the risk in this as it can be pushed out further. It's important to look at economics and the position of a cycle, and calling short-term trends is absolutely impossible. Well-renowned Professor Robert Schiller said once when talking about one-year forecasts that he doesn't know of any valuation indicator with a record extending as far back as the 1950s whose predictive power is significantly better than zero. There's also a number of commentators out there that have been bearish on equities for years, yet we've enjoyed the longest and one of the most powerful bull markets in history. So Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman in the US, recently pointed out at the Jackson Hole Economic Policy Symposium that quantitative tightening, which we're now starting, is uh, it's like quantitative easing in that it's an unknown for the world and no one knows how this is going to play out. So there's a lot of people sort of suggesting a very bearish scenario, but the fact is no one knows. Having anything less, therefore, in our opinion, than a neutral position in equities, we believe would hold significant risk, especially as sources of returns are limited given the current level of interest rates. The opportunity cost of not participating in equities needs to be considered, therefore, by all investors. One thing that also grabbed our attention during the last quarter was a quote by Ben Inker, the head of asset allocation at a firm called GMO, who said, you have no idea where a leaf in a hurricane will be a minute or an hour from now, but eventually gravity will win out and it will land on the ground. So remain invested, watch the cycle, and remember Dr. Don Stammer's words of wisdom, the cycle always lives on. Another commentary we saw that came from PM Capital, which was uh, that... They attended a briefing with Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, and he commented as follows on wealth management and digital disruption. In fact, that disruption generally in financial advice and fee pressure on fund managers, he said, get over it. It's been happening your whole life. Costs have always been coming down for trading, for asset management and for investing. And those that know us uh, know that we've taken fees, especially uh, amongst fund managers, as a very serious matter, and we've been sort of trying to push these down. Financial advice, he said, is a forever business. People will always need help. Even successful, smart people don't have their act together. As he said, if he brought a few dozen of his investment bankers from around the building in here, would all of them have made smart decisions with their money over the years? No way. 
We're seeing our industry face enormous change digitally, regulatory, educational requirements and the Banking and Finance Royal Commission. And from that change, we see a lot of opportunities going to present itself. Thanks, Will. Um, Kane, may I ask you to comment on the currency? Yeah, sure thing. So the Australian dollar continued its downward trend uh, this quarter. It started the quarter at uh, 74 cents and finished uh, just above 72 cents. Uh, this was on the back of a uh, interest rate differentials widening further as the Fed raised an additional 25 basis points last week, as had been expected, and they also reaffirmed their intention to raise again later this year. US-China trade tensions intensified over the last few weeks, with the US applying a 10% tariff on an additional $200 billion worth of Chinese imports, with this levy set to increase to 25% by January 1st, 2019, unless uh, the US and China can reach a trade deal. Uh, the fears of their impact on China's growth also weighed on the Australian dollar, given that China is our largest trading partner. Um, I also heard a report this morning, actually, that showed a further softening in Chinese PMIs and a, a weaker export orders component. So this also plays into the US uh, tariff theme. Commodity prices remain quite firm, with oil hitting four-year highs in late September. So this will reduce the likelihood of a steep decline in the currency, but negative sentiment from trade tensions remains the risk for now, uh, with those risks to the downside. Uh, the Australian dollar continues to take its lead from the Chinese yuan and, and changing global factors. So at the moment, we, we remain 50% hedged for client portfolios. Thanks, Kane. Uh, John, would you like to comment on the fixed income marketplace? Sure. Um, it was actually a pretty unexciting quarter for fixed income, but having said that, the US Treasury yields did manage to rise over the quarter, back up through 3%, um, started the quarter at 2.87, finished at 3.06, as US economic indicators remain strong and the Federal Reserve affirmed that it would be sticking to its stated path of raising interest rates and quantitative tightening. The good news is the market's now comfortable with bond yields above 3% and we suspect they'll need to start pushing up towards 35 for the market to become more anxious. 10-year rates in Australia were very quiet, rising only moderately from 2.59% to 2.67% at quarter end. While the RBA cash rate remains on hold, the major banks instituted out-of-cycle mortgage rate increases, which has had some dampening effect on the housing market. RBA economic commentary is still quite bullish, but it does emphasise that the expected pickup in growth and inflation will be gradual. There's no doubt that the housing market has turned down, and in some parts of Sydney and Melbourne, we're hearing a price falls of up to 20%. Arguably, the flow-on effects of these falls have not yet been fully felt. With the RBA on hold, short-term rates in Australia will stay low for now. In the absence of inflation, long-term bond rates are unlikely to move too far either. Um, but any substantial move in the long-term US interest rate will impact bond rates here. I'm sounding like a broken record here, but um, yet again, we remain underweight credit and continue to favour fixed income funds with short duration and a conservative asset profile. Thanks, John. Um, Kane, would you like to comment on the performance of REITs and equities over the last quarter, please? Yeah, sure, Ian. So REITs, uh, they edged marginally higher over the quarter and valuations have now deteriorated back to long-term average levels after presenting value earlier in the year, although they remain positive when compared to bonds 
Um, just as a side note, something we've noticed in the REIT sector this year, and, and this follows the Westfield takeover earlier this year, is a, is a shift in the type of the new raisings we're seeing uh, with, a, with a number of unlisted healthcare focused managers raise capital and indicate their intention to launch listed vehicles. So uh, we continue to selectively support the healthcare sector through un unlisted vehicles because of the strong underlying fundamentals, which is driven by long-term demographic factors combined with relatively limited supply. So just uh, on equities, the, the US economy continued to strengthen during the third quarter with the US GDP now estimate predicting growth of 4.4%, which reflects a strong US business ISM print and a consumer confidence reading that that's at 18-year highs, um, which both support a positive price momentum indicator for global equities. Uh, continued escalations in the US-China trade dispute ensure markets remain cautious, although the backdrop for global equities has improved since last quarter, as a strong US stabilizing Europe and Japan PMI print provide a more positive backdrop. U.S. equities had another solid quarter, with the largest gains being the 8.9% gain in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The technology-driven NASDAQ index was up 6.3% for the quarter and leads major indices for year-to-date gains of 14.8%. Um, on top of that, Australian investors holding unhedged global equities have benefited from a strong U.S. dollar, which has appreciated 8.4% since the start of 2018. Uh, Australian equity markets had a flat quarter with gains in July and August offset by sharp, a sharp drop in the first week of September. Domestic economic data continues to improve with wages uh, growth up 0.6% for the quarter, the strongest number in over four years, and, in, and the unemployment rate falling to 5.3% in August. Business, business conditions and confidence remain elevated, however, households remains stretched and clouded by high levels of indebtedness. Um, so for the quarter, the ASX 200 was mostly flat and up just 2.4% on the year. So we remain neutral Australian equities and have moved marginally overweight developed markets and emerging market equities. Thanks, Kane. Um, John, would you briefly summarise our current outlook generally? Yeah, look, the reality is the fundamentals are still pretty good. Um, macroeconomic data is still uh, positive. Corporate earnings remain positive. If anything, growth momentum's picked up a little bit over the quarter, particularly in the US. Um, we are in the latter stage of the economic cycle, but uh, we expect this to run for some time yet. Um, Short-term uncertainties around geopolitical tensions and the midterm elections in the US might lead to a pullback and some consolidation in equity markets, but if this occurs, we think this is just a healthy thing for the markets going forward. Um, the important thing is strictly to adhere to your asset allocation, and provided you do that, then we, we think um, we can navigate through the you know, coming quarters pretty well. Thanks, John. Um, well, there's been a couple of items that have arisen in the past quarter, a couple that we view uh, as being very important. Would you like to comment on them, please? Yeah, thanks, Ian. Look, um, I've written via The Australian and also in an interview with, in The Constant Investor with Alan Kohler, the tax changes that the federal opposition is running with into the next election. You can see these um, on our website, so www.hamiltonwealth.com.au, in the News Centre section under News. 
In particular, we believe the abolition of rebates for excess franking credits is not only wrong, it's discriminatory against retirees and those with a self-managed super fund. So Jeff Wilson from Wilson Asset Management is uh, putting together a petition for people to sign on this very matter and again go onto a website, News Centre and then Insights um, and look at the October 2018 uh, Insight and you can see the link there for the petition. Jeff's been very outspoken in his opposition to the proposed changes to the abolition of franking credit rebates and his views are very clearly articulated also through um, our insight with a link to an article in the Australian Financial Review. If this is something you feel very strongly about, we ask you to please consider signing this online petition. Thanks, Will. Um, thank you to Will, John and Kane for today's podcast. As always, if you have any questions or would like a copy of our insight, please call us on 03 9275 8888. I'm Ian Gillies and thank you for listening.